to the Booting It podcast, where we lift the lid on breastfeeding and tell you what it's really like. I'm your host, Ruth, founder of BootingIt.com and proud mama of two. On the podcast, I'll be talking to people about their breastfeeding experience in the hopes that their stories will help and inspire others. From time to time, I'll also have a special guest on to delve deep into a breastfeeding topic. So let's get on with the show. joined by mama of two martina who is going to share some of her tips for what to wear whilst breastfeeding to make you feel good and also to make life that little bit easier martina was inspired to set up her own business nine and quarter maternity wear after having her first child and struggling to find nice things to wear during pregnancy and then whilst breastfeeding martina is originally from sweden spent many years in london and is now currently living in bermuda with her family so she knows what works and what doesn't work in terms of breastfeeding in warmer and colder climates I'm so excited to chat with her today. Welcome, Martina. Thank you very much. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure, Martina. So I'm going to get right into it. Why don't you tell us a bit about your own breastfeeding experiences with your two children? Okay, so I'm a mom of two, Emily, uh, who is going to be six years old soon, and Max, who is four. So if you want to talk to me about having two under two, <laughs> I've been there. Um, in terms of the breastfeeding experience, I breastfed Emily until she was about um, 11, 12 months. So just under a year. And Max probably for seven or eight months. And I feel a bit guilty for saying this every time, but I think I was quite lucky in that uh, I didn't really have any trouble breastfeeding. Both of uh, both Emily and Max, you know, uh, the midwives, as soon as they were born, they put them on my chest and they just kind of like latched on. Um, and I don't take any credit for it. You know, it's not like it's not like I was prepared or had done a lot of research or, you know, I knew what I was doing. I think I was just lucky that my babies had got it figured it out and didn't really need my help um so breastfeeding was I, I loved breastfeeding um and it was fairly pain-free but having said that it was still really hard <laughs> like I think you know um my daughter was a marathon feeder so she would feed probably every 45 minutes to an hour and 45 minutes at night and she would feed for about 45 minutes so I felt like I was up all the time and I was sort of desperate to have a massage I had like shoulder and neck and back pain um from from I think just pregnancy and from breastfeeding and I was desperate to have a massage and I couldn't get away. <laughs> like I remember trying to leave her with my in-laws and she'd be screaming. I tried to, you know, take her to a cafe right next to the health center, um, you know, and as much as you can with no routine. I sort of tried to breastfeed her right before the, 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 the appointment so that she wouldn't be hungry um, and she'd be a little bit, you know, she'd be comforted. And then I would just, you know, dash in for my 30 minute massage and I would lie there for 30 minutes worrying that she'd be screaming and she was like it was really really difficult to 
to leave her. Uh, I think that's maybe not so much, I don't know if it's a combination of like the breastfeeding with who she was, you know, uh, and how she was sort of dealing with like the four sort of like trimester. But yeah, I found it very hard. Um, on the other hand, I also didn't put it down to breastfeeding so much as just the, that kind of like newborn phase. So I never really questioned if stopping would make my life easier, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of experienced this, like, you know, the fact that I was extremely tired and up through the night and couldn't put my baby down. I, I put down more to the fact that she was just really little and that, you know, I was in that kind of newborn phase. So um, I just kind of like, I just carried on. Um, eventually, I stopped when both Max and Emily started to get really fidgety. So when, you know, they were turning their heads, you know, to see what's happening in the back of the room with my nipples, they like, you know. Um, and I know they would do like a 180 with my nipple and you know, that age where they start to, Max would take three gulps and then he would let go and have a look around and then he'd take two gulps and he would let go and look around and, you know, the hands are everywhere. And and I think, like, I just, I, I just had enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of moms who've breastfed past, like, six months. So it started to feel like, whereas there was a few of us, you know, in the, the first couple of months, kind of like six, seven, eight months, people slowly started to like quit. Um, and I had never really heard about this like natural term breastfeeding. Um, and I didn't really consider that it might be a phase, you know, this flapping and like extreme sort of like um, uh, distraction. <laughs> Because I think as they get older, they probably they're probably still distracted. But I can imagine if you're breastfeeding a two-year-old, it's a bit quicker and it's a comfort thing. So they, they they want to feed. So maybe maybe it is a phase, is what I'm trying to say. And maybe you know it does. They kind of move past it and it gets easier again. But I didn't really see it like that. So when I kind of when when my two got to that phase, I think I was just really tired and I just kind of like lost patience with it. So I quite yeah. quickly kind of just stopped. Yeah, I think lots of people will be be able to relate to that, Martina. And you said about your friends, you know, a lot of them were kind of maybe thinking, oh, maybe I'll stop now. It's coming up to six months because we hear all the time that oh, if you can just do six months of breastfeeding. Um, and you know, when we're in the thick of it often, and especially if it's our first child, we won't have heard like of terms like natural term weaning. It's not until you're maybe you have your second child and you're read up a bit more about it and you're more aware. And as you say, everything is, you know, it was probably a phase as so many things are with babies, you know, they go through these loads of phases and, you know, for a few weeks, you know, breastfeeding can be, you feel a bit touched out, I think is what you probably experienced. You know, you're just like had a bit of, had enough, you were tired and you were like, okay, let's stop. And then it's only afterwards down the line, you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe what would have happened if I had a carried on, but yeah. hindsight is a wonderful thing, but I'm so glad that you generally find breastfeeding to be quite straightforward. You said you find, you, you thought you were lucky um, and you almost felt guilty about saying that and you shouldn't because there's plenty of women out there that do find breastfeeding 
quite straightforward and quite easy without issues it's just um it's more fun to talk about the challenges isn't it you know this is why this podcast exists because you know we we want to share all sorts of breastfeeding stories and um but it's also really important to share those positive stories too and when breastfeeding does go well when you don't necessarily experience soreness from breastfeeding but like you say you maybe experience soreness in your body from you know, breastfeeding throughout the night, as you said, and your I remember actually I could really relate to your story about wanting a massage because I was exactly the same with my daughter. She was a marathon feeder, as you said, as well. And I just threw out breastfeeding her. I just wanted them like I wanted if I could have had a massage every week, if I could have afforded a massage every week, I would have got one. And um now I have this lovely uh, lady that comes to my house to give me a massage, which is a game changer. And I wish she had been around whenever I had oh. um, my first daughter, because then I wouldn't have had to get up and leave her, as you say. Yeah. Yes, that's a top tip for mummies out there. Try and make time for a massage. You know, you need a bit of time to yourself, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a massage, you know, like it can be someone else might, you know, want to go and have their nails done or their hair done or, you know. I keep my hair quite long and just tie it up. But, you know, it's whatever it's whatever gives you you know, it just makes you, gives you a little, little break and just kind of brings you back to, you know, who you are and, you know, just treat yourself a little bit. And speaking about, you know, being who you are and things, you know, it's, it's so interesting to me that you set up your business nine and quarter when you had two little, you know, you had both your children at that time. Um, like that's amazing. So what was it that motivated you to set up your clothing brand? Yeah, so for me, it, it sort of, it started when I was pregnant um, with Emily. So my first pregnancy, I felt really frustrated by the choice of maternity wear out there. Um, I felt like everything looked the same in the high street. And I felt like it was sort of dominated by plain, black, white, gray, maybe pink, you know, tops and tanks, um, synthetics, which is crazy. Synthetic fabrics for me is just crazy when you're already like feeling hot and a little bit uncomfortable and sweaty with like itchy skin. Um, and, I, and I felt like I was made to dress in a certain way because I was pregnant and that didn't really sit well with me. Um, you know, I was really excited about having a baby and it sort of gave me like purpose and confidence. But at the same time, you know, I was nervous and on some days I would really embrace, you know, the changes in my body and on other days, you know, not so much. So what I'm trying to say is I was feeling like excited on the inside and I wanted clothes that sort of like helped me feel you know look and feel confident and excited on the outside and I remember sort of googling I was trying to think of the right terms I was googling you know cool maternity clothes or you know rock rock and roll I I, I didn't even know what search terms to go for because you know if I googled maternity I would just come on to you know the same sort of like high street brands that I had already visited and hadn't found much in um, and I was sort of like wondering, where are all these brands that support women on this like amazing, exciting, like exhilarating, but scary sort of like journey? 
And I thought, where are they? Why, why isn't there more, you know, available to women who are pregnant? Um, and it, it carried on when I was breastfeeding because I don't know about you, but naively I had thought I'm going to wear maternity wear whilst I'm pregnant. It's like, fine, if it's, if, if it's not quite to my liking, it's only a couple of months and I'll, I'll put up with it. Um, but as soon as baby's here, I'm going to go back to my like pre-pregnancy wardrobe. Like, how did you did you find that? How wrong was oh, I? How, oh, how we oh how we thought back then, yeah. You didn't really. But the thing is, Martina, when you're pregnant with your first child, you don't see past not being pregnant. You're just so focused on your your bump, and you're sort of thinking, how am I going to get this baby out of me? What's going to happen here? That you're not even thinking past that on what you're going to wear, and you're not going to you, you've not realized yet that you won't fit into your you won't necessarily fit into your pregnancy clothes once you have your baby, but you probably won't fit into your regular clothes, shall we say, either. No, no. I remember my sister was a little bit older than me, so she had her first when I was probably 20, 25. Um, and I remember she passed me, she gave me a pair of jeans, really good brand, like these really nice, like nice jeans. And she said, do you want to try them on? They don't fit. And I thought, what do you mean they don't fit? Like, these are really, like, they're really cool, like, um, and, and, and expensive jeans. And she said, oh, they don't, they just don't. And I thought, and, and you've lost all that baby weight. But she said, oh, they don't, they, they don't sit right. They don't feel right. And I thought, oh, she's just being a little bit precious. <laughs> but it's true. Like, you, you look at your pre-pregnancy wardrobe. I mean, for a while, you don't fit into it. Um, and it might not be comfortable. You know, I found that a lot of the tops were too short. It's almost like suddenly I, I felt like I, I, I grew up. <laughs> I didn't want like shorter sort of more cropped tops. I wanted things that were a bit longer. I wanted things that were more comfortable. Um, and so, and, and, and a lot of women will need, you know, postpartum clothes or breastfeeding clothes for longer than they needed maternity wear um so I kind of had this like moment it dawned on me that it it didn't end with you know labor I would still have to um wear something else you know for for the next sort of year or so um so so that annoyed me again and then when I was pregnant with Max and I felt like Actually, things still haven't changed. The, the offer is still very much the same. And I have to say, like, things have changed since then. I mean, Max is going to be four. There's, there's, there's a lot of new brands. A lot has happened in the maternity market, like, since, since I was pregnant. But at the time, I felt like, okay, here we are again. And everything's looking the same still. And I thought, I'm just going to have to do something about it. I felt like I can't be the only one, you know, feeling like this. And I thought we 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 deserve better, you know. So that's when nine and quarter was born. <laughs> I love that you just decided, right? Enough's enough. Um, you know, I'm gonna if I can't find what I want to wear, then I need to be the person to kind of create what I want and what I want to see. Um, out of interest, what was your first design? What was your first bit of clothing? Oh, good question. We, I, I, I was working with a freelance designer to help me because 
maternity wear, well, the, the whole kind of like fashion industry was new to me. Um, so I started working with a freelance designer to sort of help me understand, you know, how to design and, and what to design and what sort of works on a pregnant body or, you know, how, what can you do if you need, you know, zips and uh, breastfeeding functions and stuff like that. Um, we've worked through so many different designs that it sounds crazy, but I can't actually think yeah. of the first one. I can definitely think of the, the first one that I really loved. And it's one that we still have in the collection and it's a black sweat with like a, a, a velvet printed like fuchsia colored um, wildcat and it's called yes. Never Give Up. Um, and I still wear that. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I haven't been pregnant for ages, um, but it's done really well. and it doesn't look maternity at all. That was definitely the first design that I kind of thought, oh, wow, that, that's, I wish there had been something like that when I was pregnant. I'm just going to take a quick break in this episode to let you know that Martina has kindly offered Boobing It listeners 15% off the entire nine and quarter maternity and breastfeeding range. Just enter the code Boobing It at the checkout when you shop online at www.9-and-quarter.co.uk. So we kind of talked a little bit about, um, you know, the fact that, you know, once we've had the baby, we maybe don't fit into those our old clothes, our pre-pregnancy clothes. You know, even if we, even as you say, even if you get down to back down to what your previous weight was before you had the baby, your shape has changed, hasn't it? And especially when you're breastfeeding as well, you know, you're bigger, you're probably a bit bustier than usual. Um, and yeah, you're just not feeling completely yourself, but you still want, you still want to wear nice things. You still want to feel good and you don't want to necessarily go out and buy a whole new wardrobe. You know what? You want to make some existing pieces work. So what advice would you give to people about how to dress and how to feel good postpartum? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I'll start with this one. I think it is really important to treat yourself to a few new pieces. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I, I'm a small business owner, but I feel like we deserve it. You know, out of my own experience, you've carried a child, you know, you, you, you've given birth um, and you've given up, you know, those new, those newborn months um, where you go through a, a huge like life change I mean, for the better and, and, and all of that, but, you know, you, you can't go to the toilet on your own anymore. You can't sleep without interruptions. You know, you can't eat without holding your, your, your bowl over your breastfeeding baby, you know? <laughs> and so I feel like, I think it is important to treat yourself to a few pieces that make you feel really good. You know, pieces that aren't like a compromise but low maintenance, I mean, for most part, you know, unless you go back to work really early, you're going to be home, you might be in the park, maybe in a cafe, you know, hopefully now with COVID sort of, uh, hopefully, you know, soon behind us, um, but cafes reopening. And so, so I think, I think it is important to treat yourself to a few pieces that make you feel really you know that empower you that make you feel confident and that you can pull on quickly and you're done and you feel good um the next thing I think 
have a look in your maternity wardrobe. Have you got any, what we call at nine and a quarter multipurpose. So have you got any maternity clothes that have been designed for breastfeeding as well? I think that's where a lot of companies are heading. So more and more, um, you know, designs are maternity and breastfeeding friendly. So have you got any of those? You know, can you carry on wearing them? Um, have a look at your pre-pregnancy wardrobe. What can you make you do with? Have you got any, you know, loose shirts that you can unbutton, cardigans, um, even like tops and sweatshirts, you know, that you can double up to do like a one up, one down when you have like a vest underneath that you can pull down with, you know, a top over that you can just like lift up. Um, loose shapes and, and shapes with like buttons kind of work really well. Yeah, that's what I would say. I mean, see what you have in your maternity wardrobe, see what you've got in your pre-pregnancy wardrobe um, and, 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 and treat yourself to a couple of new pieces. Yeah, I think those, those are great tips, Martina. And I remember whenever I was, you know, had my first child and, you know, every morning I would look in my wardrobe and think, oh, goodness, what am I going to wear today? I don't want to wear the same thing. I don't want to wear my pregnancy leggings along with my pregnancy top again. But it, it worked so well for just being about the house and breastfeeding. But, you know, there comes a stage where you're like, OK, I need to I need to wear something else. So and to, to try and help me, I just like looked through my wardrobe, took out what wasn't going to work for the yeah. next the next lot of months, if you know what I mean, because yeah. I knew I wanted to breastfeed long term. So I was like, there was just certain things that just weren't going to wor work. You know, a lot of dresses, I used to love dresses and things and they just weren't going to work for me. But that's not to say dresses don't work because they can. But uh, these ones in particular weren't. So I just took them out of my wardrobe and put, put packed them away yeah. just put yeah. them away for now I wasn't getting rid of them I just they're not good for now and it yeah. made my life so much easier because I would get up in the morning and what was looking at me out of my wardrobe was only the things that were good for me right. because yeah. there's no point wearing something that's not going to be when you're breastfeeding that's not going to be easy to to feed the baby from and that you're not going to feel comfortable like I didn't want anything clingy either so I got rid of you know, things that were just quite tight and stuff. I just didn't want yeah. that near me at the minute. I wanted to feel good. And as you say, you, you treat yourself to some new pieces because yes, you've got a new shape, but you still deserve to look nice and to feel nice. And if that means buying a couple of new items, then go for it because you're probably going to get good wear out of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's part of what someone recently introduced me to the term healthy selfish. <laughs> Love so it. This this like idea that it's important to look after yourself, you know, um, when you're a new mom. And, and that doesn't have to mean like shopping for clothes. For me, it sort of meant, you know, trying to have these massages um, and, and also, you know, wearing things that I felt that I felt good in. Um, for somebody else, that might mean something different. But, uh, but I really like your idea of temporar temporarily packing away the things that you know aren't going to work because you just kind of you might wish they did um and and that might upset you and it just takes longer to to, to find the pieces that do so I think that's a great great piece of advice and you mentioned earlier um Martina about COVID and the fact that hopefully fingers crossed you know we're through the worst of it now and as you say cafes are starting to reopen and all these new mummies who've been pregnant or had a baby during lockdown or during the pandemic 
all of a sudden they're finding a new whole new world for them and their babies and they're having to get out and about a lot and so far they've just been able to breastfeed at home and kind of in their own space and you know they're probably feeling quite comfortable with breastfeeding all of a sudden they're thinking oh I'm gonna have to breastfeed out and about now I I you know we use the term breastfeeding in public but really soon I hope we don't have to use that term anymore because it's just breastfeeding but breastfeeding out and about can come with its challenges you know you've maybe feel like there's more faces on you and you just you want you you have this thing that you want to be discreet with it even though you don't certainly don't have to but you know what tips and advice would you give them to feel at ease of breastfeeding when they're um, outside of the home so I think I mean I, I I completely agree with you no one should be made to feel you know that they have to that they can't breastfeed in, in public or that they're being inconsiderate or you know that they have to be discreet about it um but and i think a lot of the time as a breastfeeding mom you're more nervous and conscious about it than probably what people around you are you know i i, I didn't actually ever experience no one ever came up to me with like a mean comment or, you know, you, you might feel that somebody maybe is looking a bit, but it wasn't always like that they were looking critically. Um, I think most people just go about their lives and, and don't really care what you do. Um, once baby's latched on, there's not that much like skin showing is how I felt, felt about it. Um, so I think, you know, try to remember that most people probably don't care um, and seek out maybe the looks of those people who do and sort of give you like a, a little positive, encouraging nod because there's a lot of people out there who do that as well, you know, um, we give you a little bit of a smile. Um, and I always try to remember to do that as well. I hope no one finds me creepy, but if I see like a breastfeeding <laughs> mom, <laughs> you know, you just try to give a little like, breastfeeding club nod to kind of <laughs> say you know you don't have to intrude but just to say you know give them a wee thumbs up, up. You know, keep going yeah keep going like well done um and be, because I think like you know although you don't although it's your right by law you know to breastfeeding public I think when you're that when you're tired when you're when you're a new mom and you're feeling maybe well, definitely very tired, but also maybe a little bit insecure and vulnerable. You know, you've got this newborn baby that somehow they allowed you to take home from the hospital. <laughs> and you're kind of thinking, well, what do we do now? And so I feel like you're probably a little bit more vulnerable at that stage. Um, so if you do get a critical comment, you're probably less likely to want to, you know, stand up for yourself. And sort of fight it which is why I think a lot of moms might feel nervous in public um I when I was expecting Emily at the beginning I was very like confident that I, I would breastfeed in public and I would have no issues with it and um maybe because I grew up in Sweden it felt like there's a a, a, a larger proportion of the you know the moms that breastfeeding public and it's more accepted um, and it doesn't mean that there is no criticism happening in, in, in society you know out and about in Sweden either but I, I just thought of course I'm going to breastfeed in public and I, I didn't feel like I would have to cover up particularly but then I, I talking to a lot of other expecting moms like NCT friends and I realized a lot were planning 
to be discreet. You know, they were planning to buy tops or covers or they were sort of preparing for it. And I think that knocked my confidence a little bit because I started to feel like, oh, am I, am I being inconsiderate? Um, you know, or is it a, is it a culture thing? Um, or, you know, maybe I should plan to be a bit more discreet as well. Um, so, so I, and I, so I did go out and buy some tops, you know, and I did, did try the covers. So what I, what I'm trying to say is you don't have to be discreet. No. But if you are nervous, that's completely understandable. If you do want to try and be discreet because it makes you a bit more confident, confident, then there's a couple of, there's a couple of options, you know, each have their like pros and cons. I find that like breastfeeding tops, in my opinion, are the, the easiest, the most kind of like designed for it. It's a top that you can breastfeed in. You don't, you don't have to carry anything extra with you. Um, you don't have to put it on, you know, before you're breastfeeding. Um, you just sort of lift it up or unzip it. Um, but they also tend to be more expensive than, you know, say a breastfeeding cover. So you've got another option to be discreet is like a breastfeeding cover. Um, they tend to be a little bit cheaper than the tops, but on the other hand, um, I, I couldn't quite make them work. I think they work for some, they don't work for others. I, I would find that maybe because it was August and Emily, and it was really hot that year and Emily was just flapping under this cover and she was screaming and sweating and trying to pull it down. And I almost found myself more exposed trying to stop her from like, pulling down the cover than I, I would if I had just lifted my top up discreetly <laughs> yeah um, you know so and you, you can use muslins and there's all different options you know um pick one that works for you yeah I think it's a, a case of trial and error a little bit you know get that first feed if you haven't fed outside of the home and you're a bit nervous, just get it over and done with. And, you know, after a few goes, you'll gain in confidence and you'll find what works for you. Maybe you will yeah. like a cover, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll find, you know, a particular piece of clothing item makes you feel really com comfortable and you want to wear that every time you go out, you yeah. know, whatever works for you. But you talked about there, Martina, you know, feeding your little girl when it was hot. And obviously you live in a hot country, you live in Bermuda. Um, At the minute, you know, in the UK here, we're having some nice weather at the minute. So I'm sure a lot of breastfeeding mummies are kind of thinking, oh, goodness, feeding outside in the sun, you know, it can be quite, it can be quite uncomfortable and hot. Um, so I wanted to pick your brains about, you know, how best to dress for breastfeeding, you know, when it's cold and when it's hot, you know, what, what works and what doesn't? Yeah, so I think, I mean, COVID aside, when, when a lot of like moms would end up breastfeeding, you know, outside in the freezing weather, assuming that you're sitting outside because it's comfortable, because the temperature is comfortable, you know, I, it's, I think it's quite simple. Um, layers work in colder weathers. So whether that is, you know, thicker fabrics, jumpers, you know, sweatshirts, um, the one up one down trick works quite well because you know, if it's colder, then you can you can you can pull off like an extra layer. <clears throat> Sorry, double layered nursing tops work really well as well, and actually they're quite good because they sort of keep your chest warm with that extra layer, and they also cover your belly, so it means you're not really exposing a lot of skin. Yeah. Um, 
and they're quite like nice and snug and keep the heat in. Um, and, and covers work as well because they kind of create that second layer. Whereas I think if it's, if it's really hot, you know, like in, in warmer climates or, you know, during a heat wave, just go single layer. Tanks, you know, tees or dresses, um, single layer with a, a zip or sort of like a button and go for like natural fabrics. I think natural breathable fabrics, the warmer the climate, you know, the more important it is, you know, to opt for fabrics that allow your skin to sort of breathe. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good uh, tip. You know, look at the label and see, you know, is it nice, breathable uh, cotton? You know, are you going to feel comfortable in it? Because if you are the type of person that runs hot, the last thing you want is some synthetic fabric against your skin you know you'll feel so much more uncomfortable and then that means that you'll be a bit more stressed out with feeding and but the the tip about dresses I know like in a lot of breastfeeding forums that I'm a part of you know there's always a lot of chat around what to wear and at the minute obviously with summer you know people are sharing their um their favorite dresses to breastfeed in and there's so many fantastic dresses out there um, but also your one top up and one top down method if people don't know what we're talking about like it is a really simple it's a really simple um, method it's basically you wear like a vest top underneath and like I have a flesh colored one I have a black one I have a white one I have one in every color and then yeah. you can just put like a t-shirt over it or a long sleeve top and then you just pull that long sleeve top up I pull the the vest down and then uh you know, undo your bra or whatever you're wearing or lift up your bra and pop the baby on. And as you say, once the baby's on, there's really nothing to see at all. And often I think, you know, we were talking about breastfeeding in public. Often it's, you're more worried about it than the people around you. The people around you often just think you're snuggling your little baby and they're not quite aware that you're actually breastfeeding. And, um, and if they do realize it, they're probably cheering you on. (laughs) They're not thinking negatively about it. I, I would, you know, thinking back, because I would meet with, you know, a little NCT group and new mom friends, um, it's a really good distraction, you know, go with a friend, or go with a partner, or, you know, go with someone who's going to keep the focus on, you know, the table, um, rather than, you know, what's happening around you. Yeah, I, yeah, especially in those early days, bring your partner, meet up with a friend, or as you say, a group of friends, and Maybe you can all cheer each other on to, to breastfeed yeah. together. It's always a good one. Um, but yeah, thank you, Martina. So much thank good you. advice and tips within that. And so good to hear more about your own breastfeeding story as well. I love that. Um, and all the best for nine quarter. I absolutely love your clothing range, especially your slogan sweaters. Um, I think they're so much so fun and perfect for people who do want something a bit alternative, a bit different from as you say, the usual, I know, I know so much pregnancy and breastfeeding wear has come on, as you say, in the last few years, but it, the, the blacks and greys and stripes still dominate. So um, if they're looking for something different, definitely check out your website, um, Nine and Quarter. And uh, thank you so much for being my guest today. you for listening to this episode you can find the latest breastfeeding information articles and stories on boobingit.com and you can also join the boobingit community on facebook instagram and twitter see you in the next show